Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. All right. Welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. I'm your host, Gary Seegers. That's right. It is the Drive Home Edition this is going to be the Thursday, February 15th edition of the show. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I got back from Vegas over the weekend. Talked about the, uh, I mean, good gracious, the Super Bowl, all the mess that went on out there. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But there is much to discuss on the docket. Hopefully everybody had a good Valentine's Day. Uh, I'm going to have a different microphone Uh <laughs> <laughs> the next time that we do this, uh, I'm trying to figure out because my my days have gotten just absolutely ridiculous, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to do it in the office again. Uh, and trying to do it from home with a five month old and a five year old uh, is almost impossible these days. Uh, the house looks like a complete tra- it looks like a tornado went through it. And I'm sure that some of you have been through a lot of the same stuff uh, as what I'm going through right now, but. Uh, I have figured out, use a little GoPro, record the audio on the Zoom, get you a nice headset mic, and we should be okay. But we'll see. We'll obviously see how that goes. But yeah, going to have a different mic. Uh, It's going to look a lot different. So, uh, (laughs) trying to get out of this garage is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. So, Let's talk about what has gone on thus far. We'll move into topic number one. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. WinningCuresEverything.com. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. YouTube, the podcast, whatever. Make sure you are subscribed. Follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. I am at GaryWCE. I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, TikTok as well. Don't do as much on those two, but we're going to try and start. We'll see. Do some... uh some short videos of this kind of content, and uh, and see what we can come up with. So, 
Uh, but yeah, make sure you are subscribed, all that good stuff. I would certainly appreciate that. Topic one today, ESPN signed a six-year, $7.8 billion contract deal with the college football playoff, with the CFP, uh, and that makes ESPN's deal with them run through 2031-2032. Now, this is a little bit surprising, if only because you heard all the rumblings about how Fox was preparing a really big deal and all that kind of stuff, right? Fox was going to make sure that they were in on it, and the Big Ten and everybody else was, you know, doing their best. I I believe that's what the alliance was for, was to make sure that the exclusive negotiating window for for ESPN had gotten passed, right? Because you didn't want to extend the CFP's contract with ESPN. That was pretty wild. Uh, you didn't want ESPN to, to be the sole owner of the CFP because I just don't think it's good for the playoff. I don't think it's good for the sport, right? You wanted it to be something along the lines of, eh, the NFL, right? That's that's kind of what you wanted. You wanted something similar to um, the way that the NFL playoffs are set up. You got games on NBC, CBS, ABC, ESPN, Amazon, Peacock, Fox, whatever. It's all over the place. And that's what you want, because you want as many people to be able to see it as possible. And for some reason, uh, it did not go through. Now, from what I understand, ESPN still had the exclusive you know, right of refusal, which it is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, uh, this is... I thought this was going to pull closer to like $2 billion a year. Uh, instead, only $1.3 billion per year. I mean, that's not ideal. Uh, it's definitely more than what they were getting right now. But you're, it's it's basically double what uh, what the playoff was pulling in right now. And, yeah, like if you – it's three games, and it was pulling in like 670-some-odd billion dollars. But that also included all the New Year's Six games, etc. So, at the end of the day, I think you added four more games, maybe. Uh, And by adding four games, uh, you got double the money. Which I guess is good. Uh, But I don't like the fact that it's on ESPN. And I I believe that there's going to be an ABC component to it. So, I would imagine the numbers are going to go up. Because now you have linear television along with uh, the cable only. And I, at least I'm hoping that's what we've got because it, it's just absurd that you have to have cable and you have to watch the championship game on a Monday night. And now, with the way that the schedule is set up, it's going to be Thursday nights and Friday nights, and you're going to have New Year's Eve games, and you're going to have... I mean, it's just... It's an absolute mess. And what you were hoping with this deal was that you were going to get Fox and CBS and whoever else involved. But right now... It looks like it's only going to be ESPN. Now, the deal right now, uh, a big part of this was that ESPN has the right to sub-license games. And I don't think you're ever going to get to a point where the CFP is having to compete head-to-head with NFL playoff games. But it might not be a terrible idea for ESPN to sell some of these games to Fox or whoever, right? Um, And Fox may be willing 
to pay a little bit more in order to get something along those lines, right? Something like uh, one, of, one of these home site playoff games, whatever. Maybe not one of the bowl game ones uh, because right now that's what it looks like it's going to be. But So they've sold the rights, but we don't really know what the setup is going to be. We don't know if it's going to be 6 plus 6. I would imagine they will figure out the 5 plus 7. That's 5 automatic bids and 7 wild cards. We're going to talk in a little bit about the fact that I mean, we expansion might be closer than than what you think, but uh, I don't like the fact that it is only ESPN. I would have preferred that it be on some of the other networks because the other networks, I believe, have bigger draws. Uh, or not, I believe. It's just that there's way more people that can watch free TV, linear TV, with you know, uh, in an, a set of rabbit ear antennas, um, than cable. Right? There's just not as many people that are willing to pay for YouTube TV or Comcast or Charter or whatever. Right, So you wanted to be able to get it in front of as many people as possible. Looks like that's not going to happen. ESPN still owns the rights on that. So that's what I wanted to start the show off with. But I'm sure some of you are interested. Some of you have asked me. I haven't had time to respond to everybody yet. But uh, let's talk topic number two. I went to Las Vegas to cover the Super Bowl. And I am a college football guy. I haven't covered the NFL in years uh, since Chris and I were covering it on, well, here, on Winning Cures Everything years and years ago. And, you know, I got asked by BetUS TV to go out and do some work and whatnot and got to meet some really, really interesting people. We got in town on Tuesday evening. And we stayed at the Luxor, which is the official NFL media hotel. Uh, And it was perfect because all of the NFL stuff was set up in Mandalay Bay. So Radio Row, uh, the NFL experience, all that. So Mandalay Bay, for those that have not been out to Las Vegas before, the Luxor, Excalibur, and Mandalay Bay are all connected. So you never have to go outside. You just go across some shops and you're there. And it was, uh, it was a great trip. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was only myself and our social media director, Natasha. She was fantastic. Really, really professional. Knew what she was doing. Uh, we, had some, we had some technical difficulties with uh, mics and whatnot, which luckily I'm a, I'm a techie. And you guys see I'm recording a podcast in my car right now. So I can figure out how to make things work, uh, how to be more efficient. So that certainly helps. Uh, and it certainly helped with this situation. So, but yeah, we, we got to talk to a lot of really interesting people. Brian Jones, who does uh, CBS College football coverage. Uh, we had Kenyon Rashid, you know, a former, former college football and NFL player. Uh, just great guys that, you know, helped us out quite a bit. Got to meet Carrot Top, uh, met Clay Travis, met Kelly in Vegas. All of them were great. Bobby Baltimore, who uh, covers the Ravens. Uh, Grant Cohn, who covers the 49ers. I mean, Radio Row was fantastic. Just uh, really, really good. But uh, those people that do that for a living, that go out and do Radio Row the entire week, and what uh, that is, uh, we did it for uh, two days, and that is a lot. That is a lot. Uh, I did get to go see Carrot Top the last night that we were in town, and always a great show. In twenty, I went out to... Went out to Vegas with some buddies in 2015. 
and had an absolute blast going to see Carrot Top uh, back then. So apparently he has been doing this for 39 years, I think he said. 39 years of Vegas shows. He did like 10 years at the MGM, uh, did 18 years, or has done 18 years at the Luxor uh, at this point. Like, really wild. Just really interesting. Um, but, you know, I that was about the only personal thing that I was able to do. Ate at uh, some really interesting places. We got to we got to get in and out uh right across from the stadium, so that was cool. So yeah, it was uh it was a fun trip. I uh, would definitely do it again. If you didn't see all the coverage, you go check it out on BetUS uh betus.sports on TikTok and on Instagram. I think they put some stuff up on the BetUS TV channel. Uh we got we got a lot of stuff. Got to talk to a lot of fans, you know, a lot of uh celebrities and or, or pseudo-celebrity, whatever you want to call them, guys that know what they're doing but that are in kind of the influencer space. Uh, but those guys are all great, all great. All had fun stuff to say. The sportsbook consigliere, uh, good old Dave uh, Sherapan, he was he was fantastic talking to us. Uh, saw the Pat McAfee show set up, which is insane, absolutely insane. It was It was an incredible trip, absolutely incredible trip. Uh, which leads to topic number three, Super Bowl 58. All right, so we're a college football show. We're not going to talk too much about this, but uh, the Chiefs won 25-22. Just an absolute ridiculous ball game that drew an absurd number of people, 123 million people average, which is, I mean, just, I, I, I can't even begin to, fathom that number. I mean, it's just an incredible number. Um, but it peaked at 202 million people. So 202 million people watched the Super Bowl at some point. So the average is based on uh, how many people watched for at least six minutes. Well, more than that, uh, you know, watched at least something of the ball game, which is interesting. So... Yeah, absolutely nuts uh what they were able to do. I was I was impressed. I was certainly impressed. Um I'm not gonna talk too much about the game or decisions in the game or anything like that. Uh but what I'll tell you is it just it, what what I learned from this is it does not take very long for things to shift, right? Because Patrick Mahomes was the kids' favorite Everybody loves that guy. He's going to be the the next big thing. And all of a sudden, now he is the villain. He's won three Super Bowls out of four that he's been in. Um, They are, I mean, the Chiefs are awesome. They're always going to be awesome. And yet now it's at a point where kids want somebody else to win. It flips very quickly and... Since this is a college football show, I'm curious, you guys that are in the comments and whatnot, uh, tell me what you think the closest thing to the Chiefs is uh, in college football. Like, who has become the big villain? Who wins too much, etc.? I think for years it was Alabama. Uh, but now, of course, no Nick Saban. Michigan, you can't say that uh, because, you know, Jim Harbaugh gone to the NFL. This sport has completely shifted. 
Now, in the NFL, things stay the same for a while. You get to these kind of dynasty situations, if you want to call it that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think if I had to choose who is college football's biggest villain right now, I think we might be at the point that Georgia is the big villain. Uh, Kirby Smart's been there for a while now, so that maybe that's what it is. After they won two in a row, and then they just absolutely beat the brakes off Florida State last year in the Orange Bowl. Um, took no mercy on them, and I don't think anybody really you know, blamed them for that because Georgia was ready to play, and Florida State had basically nobody playing in the in the ball game that started for them in the regular season so a little bit different situation i i think it's going to be georgia because they are just an absolute war machine but uh maybe i'm wrong it might be ohio state even though they've lost to michigan three times they hadn't been to the playoff since 2020 i'm curious what's the closest thing to the chiefs that we've got maybe maybe it's just these blue blood brands right maybe it's texas Maybe it's still Alabama. Uh, maybe those kind of teams are the ones that uh, that are still the most hated, that are still the most villainous because they do still win the majority of their games. So you guys tell me in the comments what you think. Uh, I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on this one. Uh, got to tell you a quick story. So middle of January, I got a vasectomy. And I know that it is mostly men that watch slash listen to this show, and I appreciate you guys for doing so. I got a vasectomy, and I've got three kids now. One is 18, one is five, one is now five months old. And first off, those things are painful. Now, I am in no way comparing the pain from a vasectomy to the pain of childbirth for a woman, right? But my God, they don't take it easy on your nutsack at all. Like, they... They go in, there's no gentleness from these doctors when it comes to your balls at all. I, I figured they would have treated it with a little bit more care, a little more respect, and instead uh, I got absolutely beaten to death. At least that's what it felt like. So uh, the vasectomy, it, we're going to guess it's successful. It takes, I think the first test afterwards is six weeks. So we'll see, we'll see if my sperm is negative <laughs> Uh, in six weeks, and then if it's not, then we have to test again in 12 weeks or something along those lines, whatever the doctor said. i got to go back in uh, at the three-month mark for a uh, a post-op checkup. So they have to go in and check on my nuts again. I'm sure you guys love listening to stories about my nuts, but uh, I figure you guys would appreciate this. A couple weeks ago, I don't know if any of you have kids, but my five-year-old loves to play golf. Um, and so we've got like a little mini golf set at the house. It's called Gator Golf. I think you can get it for 20 bucks at Walmart, something like that. Great way to spend a day uh, is just setting up different kind of putt-putt courses with your Gator Golf thing. And the golf club is in two pieces. It is a flamingo that you put together, and you use the flamingo's head as the putter. It's got like four different golf balls. So, my five-year-old, very into putt-putt golf. Also, very, very, very into the WWE right now. Loves wrestling. Thanks to his little buddies at school and whatnot, the guys that he plays with. Uh, They are all into John Cena and Rey Mysterio 
and all that kind of stuff. So he decides in the middle of us playing putt-putt that he wants to wrestle. And I'm okay with this. Like We horse around. We play around. Uh, But this was not long after I'd gotten the vasectomy. And this dude decided that he was going to use the putter as one of the, you know, steel cage weapons or whatever uh, for one of the hardcore wrestling matches. Even though we have talked about him not doing this, it still hurts me to talk about it. Uh, But I wanted to see if any of you guys have been through this before because this dude, he is five years old, and he broke that putter apart and threw the head of the putter directly into my balls. I have not felt pain like that. In so, I mean, it was significantly worse than the vasectomy because he hit right where I got the snip-snip. I have not felt that pain in forever, and I need you guys to tell me that I am not the only one that has been through this, uh, not only with the snip-snip, but with uh, the kids just beating up a poor old man like myself. Because that, that's where I am at this point in life. I am a poor old man. Uh, he destroyed me. I felt, I was, he felt so bad afterwards. Because uh, he's just, he's this little empathetic thing. He gets that from his mother. Uh, but man, he was, he was something else. He was something else. Um, I just realized that this mic might have been covered for a good portion of this. We'll see what happens there. So, yeah, I got two mics. I got two mics covering this up. So, yeah, let me know uh, if if your kids have done the exact same thing or not. I'm very curious uh, what, you know, what is going on with you guys on this. Um, oh, let me tell you right quick, Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, we're not, we're not done with the promo. That's right, we're keeping this bad boy going because uh, you guys are actually finding value in this ad, and Ticket Smarter wants to keep it rolling. So, buying tickets is expensive. I mean, to everything. You guys know this already. Uh, you want to go to an NBA game, NFL game, WWE, whatever. It, it costs a bunch of money to get into these things because the concert industry, the touring industry, is doing incredibly well, so they're going to keep charging you crazy money to go to these shows. Some of these shows will sell out very quickly, and when they do, you're going to try and find tickets on the secondary market, or if they don't sell out, you're going to want to try and find a cheaper ticket, and I get that. Whichever way you want to go about it, you can find tickets to any event that you want to go to, concert, game, whatever, on TicketSmarter, TicketSmarter.com. And if you want to save some money, which I know everybody does right now thanks to uh, the way that the economy is going, uh, it's very easy. WCE10, that's WCE10, that's going to save you $10 on an order of $100 or more. Or WCE20, that's WCE20, and that is going to save you um on an order of $300 or more. Some of these big-time events, some of these big concerts, two tickets is going to cost you well over $300. Why not save a little bit of money, put in the promo codes uh, when you go over to TicketSmarter. That's right. Think smarter, TicketSmarter. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right. We talked a little bit about the CFP getting their big-time deal. Uh, That does not mean that things are done with the CFP. Obviously, we are still waiting to figure out the 5 plus 7 or the 6 plus 6, whatever it is. Uh, Dr. Schultz, who is the president at Washington State, he is, uh, as of today, Valentine's Day, he is petitioning or presenting a different plan for revenue distribution uh, among the power whatever conferences that are left. He wants the Pac-12 to still remain a power conference, even though there are currently only two members. Uh, but they are keeping all of the assets of the Pac-12. They're trying to keep the brand alive. They'll probably bring in some AAC and Mountain West team. I don't, I don't know exactly how they're going to do this. But regardless, uh, none of that has anything to do with what I'm about to talk about. Ross Dellinger from Yahoo Sports. Old Ross used to cover uh, Mississippi State, used to cover LSU, etc. Um, he is he was at Sports Illustrated. Now he is at Yahoo. Yahoo, yeah. Uh, 
So Yahoo Sports. He uh, talked to the ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips. He talked to and, and spent the day with, from what I gather in the uh, article, spent the day with um, Brett Yormark, the Big 12 Commissioner. And one of the things that came out of that that I, I found very interesting is not only does it look like the CFP could still potentially expand up to 16, well, there, there's a plan for 14 or 16 in place, um, but it, it's not just Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti that are talking about CFP expansion and NCAA tournament expansion. Um, they don't believe that they are getting enough teams into these tournaments. They think that there's more revenue being left on the table. They believe that there could be more games, etc. Uh, I personally like the you know 64 team field. I, I'm not a big fan of the first four. They added 68, you know, or bumped it up to 68. Uh, do we think that this thing would be better with 96, or if you just doubled it up and put in 128 teams? That seems just kind of absurd. Like, why? there's not 128 teams that could win a national championship. Why would we be thinking about doing this? Um, and yet, they're thinking about it, and the main reason behind it is uh, more revenue, more people getting a shot at the Apple, more people getting into the tournament. Um, because it is true, when there are games that have stakes, you tend to be more excited. You tend to be more drawn into whatever the game may be. Uh Look, I'm an Alabama basketball fan. For years, they were on the bubble consistently. And they would get into the NIT, and I would pay attention in the NIT, but we all knew that it didn't matter if they won the NIT or not. When Anthony Grant was the coach, when uh, Avery Johnson was the coach, it was the same freaking deal every single year. When it comes to basketball, the ACC and the Big 12 are the two basketball leagues. You got schools like North Carolina and Duke, and then Kansas and soon-to-be Arizona. Yeah, you're expecting those teams to get into the NCAA tournament every year. But the other schools are also big-time basketball schools. So they are, uh, you know, they want to make sure that as many brands as they can get into the big dance. Uh, I I don't know that I'm a big fan of this. I just, I, it feels like too much changing uh, all at once and and all of it appears to be for money. And while I am a fan of a capitalistic society, because I, I understand what that can do as far as advancement in technology and uh, medicine, etc., I understand what that can do. Uh, I also understand that just growing something monetarily doesn't mean that it's going to be good for whatever that product is. And I get real irritated because the the, the CFP, yeah, okay, like, I thought maybe 8 would have been better. Uh, 12 was a little weird, but okay. Like, now you're, you're not making every team play 17 or 18 games a year, whatever. Uh, I'm not fully sold on 16 why do we need to go to 16? But I think that's the way that we're going. Like, I think we're going to get to where, you know, everybody gets home playoff games and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be 
pretty nuts. I'm not a fan of it. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's good for the sport uh, in basketball or in football. But these lower, I hate to say lower level conferences, but that's, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are on a different playing field than even the Big 12 and the ACC. Those middle-tier conferences, how about that? We'll call them that for now. The middle-tier conferences want as many shots to get teams in as possible because they don't want the top 12 to be nothing but SEC and, you know, Big Ten. And that's likely what it would be. You might see two Big 12 teams. You might see two ACC teams. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's going to be filled up with mostly Big Ten and SEC teams in the CFP. When it comes to the NCAA tournament, uh, they want as many shares as they can get, the Big 12 and the ACC do, which I would assume is why they are okay with you know, boosting this thing and, and potentially getting up to 96 or whatever it is because they think that, hey, we might be able to get 90% of our conference in if something like that happens. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. Uh, but I found it very interesting, you know, Ross reporting all this stuff. He has been all in on the CFP stuff. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of Ross's work. Have been ever since he was a beat reporter. Uh, I had him on the show years and years ago. Uh, but he's he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Let's, uh, let's talk about the carousel real quick. Um, I don't even know what topic number we're on anymore. UCLA. UCLA football hired running back coach Deshaun Foster as their head coach. And Deshaun Foster uh, had already taken the Raiders running back coach job. And I think he was there for a week. Like he basically had a cup of coffee in Vegas and then turned around and went back to L.A. And it was exciting, right? Very exciting. Um, You know, the players love this guy. They want this guy to be their coach. That's good. He's been there since 2017. He was there before Chip. He was a grad assistant there. He uh, He's still way up in the record books as far as uh, a running back at UCLA. Like, this is where he played, et cetera. He loves that place. UCLA reportedly talked to, like, I don't know, 10 different guys uh, before they decided on Deshaun Foster. I, I think, and this is, you know, excuse me, fifth down CFP. Uh, is the one that put this out there. But Chip Kelly got all of his assistants re-upped. They got new contracts before he left to take the Ohio State job. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. In doing that, UCLA still has money issues. Like, And we're not just talking NIL because obviously that NIL stuff is a, a problem. But the school, there's a reason why they are moving to the Big Ten. I don't think that they wanted to move to the Big Ten overall, but I think that they were in a bad, bad financial spot. So they had to take the, they had to make the move, go over to the Big Ten, take the money, uh, as as Bud Elliott says, take the money, take the losses, or take the check, take the losses, and that's probably what they are going to do here. Their schedule is incredibly difficult. This coming year, they play Fresno State and LSU in the non-con. Uh, it's, I mean, it's rough. Like what they what they're going through next year is going to be pretty pretty harsh, pretty harsh. But um, you got to know, like if if Chip Kelly 
basically advertised everywhere that, hey, the NIL here is not great. Um, basically, you know, it, it's incredibly difficult to win because there's not enough support for the football program. Then you got to wonder, one, how many guys were really going to be willing to take the job? And really, how many guys were going to be willing to take the job at, I'm not going to say a pay cut, but making less money than you would expect to make at a Big Ten job. And I think that's what UCLA needed right now. Uh, They don't have to pay Chip out, so that's good. Uh, Not that it was going to be a huge buyout, but still, you you get out of having to pay a buyout. And that's always good, especially if you are uh, financially strapped, we'll say. So they, I I think them re-upping the assistance for Chip Kelly, and which is not a ton of money, but again, you don't want to have to pay out dudes, so just bring in somebody that already worked on the staff, and I think that's why Deshaun Foster got the job. Nobody had mentioned him for any head coaching jobs. Now, is he potentially going to be great? Sure, why not? Uh, he might be a great CEO coach. He's never been an OC. Um, from what I can tell, the players love him, so maybe he's going to be a great recruiter. They haven't really had that at UCLA. But, eh, I don't know. Um, one interesting thing that did come out of this, uh, Jason Shear over at Wildcat Authority, the 247 Arizona site, uh, Jason Shear used this UCLA job to, you know, kind of rip uh, Jed Fish again. And he's, the Arizona fans have been doing this ever since Fish took the uh, Washington job. Uh, Basically, they're saying he's not loyal and all this kind of stuff, which, I mean, that happens when you have a coach that uh, leaves after, you know, fixing a program. He was really, really successful. Went 1-11. Well, the team was, what, 0-12 before he got there? So 0-12, and and then his first year there, 1-11, they go five and seven the next year. This year, ten and three. They were headed on a really good trajectory, and they are headed to the Big Twelve. Um, but Jason Shear ripped Jed Fish because you know Fish went to school at UCLA. He used to coach at UCLA. Um, there was a chance that he would have been interested in the UCLA job, but all signs point to he didn't really interview. He never really talked to UCLA. Uh, and the way that we know that is because Fish's agent just absolutely blasted Jason Shear on Twitter. Now, Shear still stands by all his reporting. Like, from everything he heard, UCLA did reach out and Fish did talk to them. I don't think that necessarily means that he interviewed for the job, uh, because I think once you get to the point where Fish is, you don't you don't really interview for jobs. Uh, people offer them to you, and you decide whether or not you want to take it, based on... Uh, all the different criteria that go into these kind of jobs, which is why Washington was able to get him. Uh, Fish has said, I think it was on uh, the Until Saturday podcast, uh, Fish talked to Ari Washerman and told him, hey, uh, look, like I could have been really well compensated and everything would have been fine in Arizona. I liked it there. But we had a chance at Washington to make a lot more money for our assistants and they're all in on football, and Washington is in a better financial situation than Arizona was, uh, which goes to show you, again, all of these schools, way better financial situations than not only Arizona, but also UCLA. 
UCLA, big-time problems. Uh, UCLA, I believe, is the only school in the Big Ten that is going to have to send money to another school that's not in the league because the UC Board of Regents told UCLA that they're going to have to give, and it, it might be something like $5 million bucks a year or whatever it is, but some of their Big Ten money is going to have to go back to Cal, like Cal Berkeley. So that's going to put them at a uh, financial disadvantage anyway. So, so yeah, UCLA hiring Deshaun Foster. Uh, I don't think it necessarily says anything about Deshaun Foster being such a great up-and-coming candidate. I also don't think it means that UCLA was not uh, super attractive to other people. I think that this was just the perfect marriage of, hey, we don't have a bunch of money. Uh, this is a weird time. We just need somebody that loves this place. This is this is effectively Alabama hiring Mike Shula after the whole Mike Price fiasco back in 2003, whatever it was, after Dennis Franchoni took the uh, Texas A&M job. So uh, let's talk about some of the stuff that led up to this. Uh, Boston College. Boston College hired Bill O'Brien as their head coach. Bill O'Brien, of course, uh, was the OC at Alabama for two years, uh, coached, um, lost his name. That's what's going to happen on these because I don't have it on, on my notes. Uh, Bryce Young. There we go. <laughs> he he coached Bryce Young to a Heisman Trophy, coached at Alabama for two years, 2021-2022, went back to the NFL as Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator. Things didn't exactly go well there. Belichick's out. O'Brien's looking for a job. O'Brien takes the Ohio State offensive coordinator position and before he's even able to get into spring practice, he is offered the Boston College head coaching job because, of course, Jeff Halfley goes to the Green Bay Packers as a defensive coordinator. So, Bill O'Brien as a head coach, 15-9 and nine at Penn State, was only there for two years before he got an NFL head coaching job. He went 52-48 and 48 with the Texans, uh, if memory serves correctly, and... Uh, he was 2-4 and four in playoff games. He won the AFC South four times in six years. Uh, Bill O'Brien was better suited to be a head coach than he was an offensive coordinator. I think he would have been fine at Ohio State. Absolutely fine. He's, he's a good coach. Um, I think maybe some of the stuff that happened at Alabama was not so much on him. I, I have theories. I have theories that maybe Bryce Young might have been given a little too much... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, in computer terms, he got admin access, right? He he was given the authority to do a lot of things with that offense, change plays, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but Bill O'Brien, I think, I think he can do good things at Boston College, but I also think that BC there is still a big ceiling on that program, right? Boston College is in the same boat with a bunch of the other ACC teams. If you have an absolutely fantastic recruiting class that you can actually hold on to for uh, for several years, if you can prove that you can develop guys to go to the NFL, all that kind of stuff, then, yeah, you might be able to get them uh, nine wins in a season, depending on how the schedule breaks down. Maybe you don't have to play Florida State and Clemson one of the years. Uh, maybe it's not one of the years that Notre Dame is on your schedule, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's There are years where if you just hit it exactly right, you might be able to get to nine wins. 
aside from that, getting to a bowl game is a pretty good job at Boston College. It's a private school, small enrollment, um, not a huge recruiting footprint there. It's just it's a tough place to be able to win. But Bill O'Brien is somebody that uh, I think he'll be able to scheme a little bit. I think he'll be able to do some some good things there. And I think there are guys that are going to want to go play for him uh, because of his NFL background. I mean, he coached Tom Brady, for God's sake. Uh, he's got Super Bowl rings. Like, you, you flash that to some people and, you know, they, they start thinking, okay, like, I'm, I'm not great enough to go play at whatever school, so I'm not getting offers to Clemson or uh, Ohio State or whatever, but there is an NFL guy here that still has contacts in the league that still will be able to develop me. I think that's going to be a good thing for Boston College going forward. Uh, so the next move, of course, Bill O'Brien moved over to BC. That left an opening at Ohio State. And of course, where we started was the UCLA job, and that is because Chip Kelly, the UCLA head coach, decided he wanted to leave the head coaching profession and just go draw plays for Ohio State. Now, that makes sense. He's going to be Ohio State's offensive coordinator. It seems a little weird on its face because who does that, right? Who does the, hey, I don't want to be a head coach in a, at a Big Ten school anymore. I want to go be an offensive coordinator at a Big Ten school in a much less beautiful part of the country. And no offense to everybody that's in Columbus, Ohio, but, eh, Westwood's pretty good. Like, you making $6 million in L.A.? Now, one, I understand the the tax difference between Ohio and California, so, you know, we, we don't have to get you know, knee deep in this. We'll, we'll just, we'll just stay ankle deep. Uh, Chip, you can't take anything that Chip Kelly does as a narrative on the sport. You can't say that, oh, uh, head coaches are wanting to leave for, you know, the bigger uh, P2 jobs or whatever. It, it's, this is not apples to oranges or apples to apples. This is apples to, you know, oil filters. Like, it's Chip Kelly's a completely different beast. He is, he's completely different than every other coach out there. And the deal is, Chip Kelly doesn't like to recruit. And if you don't like to recruit, you're not going to be successful at a job like UCLA or any other job for that matter. And at Ohio State, he may not have to worry with recruiting. And that's the biggest deal. Uh, he goes to a job where he's got a relationship already with the head coach, uh, I mean, my God, he and Ryan Day were together at New Hampshire. Like, they they know what they're doing on the offensive side of the ball, and Chip Kelly's just going to be able to coach ball. And I think that's exactly what he wanted. Um, I did find it interesting. Mike Lombardi was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said that Chip Kelly pushed for the Cincinnati Bearcats job last year. Now, he didn't go into a lot of detail, but and I forget who has posted the actual details on it, but Chip Kelly basically just reached out. Like, reached out to Cincinnati to kind of gauge interest and whatnot. It wasn't that since he turned him down and chose Satterfield over him, it was more so, eh, I'm kind of thinking about getting out of UCLA because there were people at UCLA that did want him gone. Um, I mean, there, there was talk that he was going to be fired if, if they lost to USC. Of course, phone ringing, all that fun stuff. That's fantastic. Uh... Chip Kelly had – I could see why he would want to get out of UCLA. 
if people were wanting him gone, if he only had one more year and this schedule this next year, he I think he knew he was going to get fired no matter what he was able to do because the players ain't good enough to compete in the Big Ten. The travel schedule is going to be nuts. Uh, just, just wild. Just absolutely wild. Uh, if you haven't already, like the video for me, subscribe to the channel, and uh, leave a podcast review. I'd really appreciate that. I haven't, I haven't checked a lot of podcast reviews here lately, but we haven't been doing this a bunch. So uh, let's talk about this. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Discovery announced a joint streaming endeavor, uh, and that happened last week while I was out at the Super Bowl and whatnot. That, uh, that was a pretty big deal. Uh, I was a little surprised that they didn't include you know, CBS and NBC, uh, whatever, whatever that might be, but all of the different Fox Sports channels and the ESPN channels and the Warner Discovery channels, which is True TV and TNT and da da da, it's all going to be available in one streaming package. Probably going to cost about forty-five to fifty bucks a month. Which are there enough people that are going to stay subscribed to this year-round, or are football fans just going to keep it basically from like August through January, February? Uh, that's that's what I'm curious about. Um, and are they going to have to overcharge? to keep people, you know, or to keep uh, pulling in money for when those, you know, football fans end up eventually unsubscribing. I'm very curious how this is going to work. I did see a report that the NFL was not uh, happy about this. They they were blindsided, and apparently the NFL executives are looking for different kind of loopholes in their contracts with these companies to try and stop the... um, the service from from happening. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, it seemed a little odd that this was going on. This is, I mean, to me, it, it lets me know that ESPN doesn't think that they have, they don't have enough content to be able to charge what they charge anyway. That's just a guess. Just a guess. Um, real quick, some of these. Scott Cochran has left Georgia. Uh, he's two years sober. Uh, he took a sabbatical from Georgia a couple of years ago. Uh, all the reports are that he cleared out his office, and he is not at Georgia. And he is. The reports say that he is uh, trying to pursue other opportunities. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what he was actually able to do at Georgia. Did Kirby actually let him coach uh, special teams? What I do know is he was immediately, immediately replaced by the special teams analyst. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows what that actually meant? Um, I, what I'm curious about is, should Kalen DeBoer reach out to him? Should like should what is the real story behind this? And if he is available, should DeBoer reach out? I'm interested. I'm interested because I personally, as an Alabama fan, I would prefer that that guy be in the building just to make sure that the attitude level is there, right? Just just saying. Uh, next one, the SEC potentially moving to a nine-game conference schedule. Uh, the Texas AD, Chris Del Conte, he told Inside Texas, which is the on-three uh, Texas site, he said that the SEC is going to do eight games in 2024 and 2025, and then they're going to look at nine games in 2026. I still don't believe that the SEC will move to nine games for free. I think they're going to need ESPN to give them more money because ESPN has not agreed to give them uh, more money for having Texas and Oklahoma. I think they're going to want more money to move to a nine-game schedule. 
because it's going to throw off a bunch of future plans and whatnot. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But I found it interesting that Chris Del Conte was so um, open. That he was so willing to talk about it because nobody else has been. Uh, and finally this. Stuart Mandel over at The Athletic has irritated me. Uh, he gave, So he does these coaching hire grades, and there's no way to tell. I mean, it's just it's a way to stir up conversation, so I get it. Uh, because, I mean, we do the same thing here. But I'm just giving my opinion on, on a bunch of this stuff. He's giving his opinion, but I just think his opinion is wrong. Uh, he gave Oregon State a D grade for hiring Trent Bray as their head coach after Jonathan Smith left for Michigan State. Uh, he says that Oregon State hired Bray to try and keep uh, as many players on the roster as possible, to, to keep guys from transferring, etc., Bray was the defensive coordinator, okay? But my God, like, was any coach going to be able to keep players? I mean, they kept guys like Damian Martinez, and that might have had something to do with his legal issues and whatever, but their conference completely splintered. Um, they they don't know what their long-term finances are going to be, so it's not like you can go out and offer some big contract to a really hot name. And even if you were able to offer that contract, who would go in there not knowing what the school's future is going to look like as far as a conference is concerned. Are they going to move to the Mountain West? Are they going to rebuild the Pac-12? Like, who knows what Oregon State's going to do? I, I don't know who would have wanted that job. And yet, he gives them a D grade when they hired a guy that was already on staff, that it was, an, it was a successful staff already. If you want a little bit of continuity while you're dealing with all these changes... I mean, this was an awful time for a coaching change, but you also had to somewhat expect it, right? Just ridiculous. Stuart Mandel, you can do better. You can do better. All right, that is going to wrap it up for today's show. I certainly appreciate all of you watching and listening and all those wonderful things. I'm about to go in and pick up the daughter. Um, but, yes, we are. this is an afternoon show that is going to air in the morning after I'm able to edit. But... We're going to try and, and keep this thing rolling. Uh, I'm excited to talk again. Maybe we'll do it again this week. Maybe I'll talk more about uh, about getting hit in the nuts. We'll, we'll see We'll see what you guys think about that. Uh, with that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. God bless college football. And uh, hopefully, all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.